might potentially be our last little live cast for a while because Switch Aotearoa has had a two-month streak of amazingness, and um, now we might just see what we're doing. Okay. Um, it's been awesome. But today, on Benevolent Banter, we are here with a fellow that I haven't seen for about eight years. Yeah, I know. Gosh, um, time flies. You, you haven't changed a bit. Same. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't either. I knew you exactly when you walked in the door. <laughs> um, what I love to do on the podcast is have guests introduce themselves instead of me introducing you. Okay. So in your own words, okay. who are you? Well, I think I've been grappling with who I am all my life. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the bare bones are that, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy with two kids, uh, uh, you know, uh, divorced. My, my, my ex-wife uh, runs the company with me. <laughs> I, I live on the North Shore, which uh, when I grew up in Grey Lynn, uh, I considered oh. to be, I considered to be sort of the, the epicenter of, of uh, National Party evil. Uh, but I've actually, I've actually come to like it a lot, uh, yes, mostly yes. because of the beaches and, and the lifestyle. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, the, the potted history is that, you know, I went to, I went to Selwyn College as a, as a, as a young guy. Um, and then I got whisked off to, to LA with my family at the age Ooh. of 16. And, La La uh, Land. La La Land. You got to meet lots of weird Californians. Lots of You're weird Californians. surrounded yeah. by them, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, and then I, you know, I've had a long sort of varied uh, series of careers in in the creative industries. So I, I was an actor. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And okay. then uh, okay, I can and, see that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I made a, a little documentary, and uh, and I leveraged that into into a working a, as a second camera assistant for a production company in New Zealand. Yeah. And a year later, I was directing primetime TV. Wow. And I've done that for about 16, 17 years. But overachiever, right? Uh, That's overachiever. what we're getting at. That's what well, we're getting at. <laughs> you, you know, uh, overachiever, but each time I've started from ground zero again as I ditched the Pretty previous cool, right? one. So yeah. so interesting, yeah. but also all that hard lead work where you, you know how to do something, but it takes people years to actually mm -hmm. get that you know how to do it, which mm -hmm. I think is the, is sort of what every um, contractor or small business owner, that, that's the complaint that they have, right? Is that, yeah, is that a hint? for me in my new life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've got a pretty good profile and you've done some amazing work and lots of people know who you are. So I think it's, uh, you've got a pretty good start there. Thank you. Yeah. I, there were some tears this week. Uh, okay. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Ruben has um, said very thankfully from my perspective that he would come and have a chat today. Ruben is a storyteller as well. Um, yes. And by as well, I mean as to all of the things you just said. Mm. And that's the context through which I know you and the lens through which I know you is um, I worked with you and, gosh, we said eight years ago yeah. at Mercury Energy. And I think you were one of our main conduits of storytelling for the starship mm -hmm. side of the partnership that we yep. worked on through Mercury Energy. And I just remember how you would walk into a room with your crew, not many people, but 
cameras can be scary. Yeah. Um, the second that somebody is asked to speak um, openly and with mm. vulnerability and there's something recording them, as we know with this mm. podcast and all of these, it can be really nerve wracking. But somehow you are able to get people to not only relax, mm. but to share. What is that secret sauce there? I think uh, for almost every human being, my take on it is that um, our strengths are also our, our biggest weaknesses mm -hmm. and obviously vice versa. Um, all through my life in school, I, I had trouble being the one that kind of shone or had the most charismatic things to say or something. I mean, I couldn't talk to girls till I was 20. Uh, <laughs> it took me till I was 35, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we should share some tips. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think that uh, I was always hypersensitive. I grew up yeah. with parents who fought a lot and yep. were difficult, creative, tempestuous people. Yep. Uh, and I don't know whether that had anything to do with it, mm -hmm. but I was always hyper aware of other people's moods and feelings. And, yep. and I'd ask a lot of smart questions to try and figure out what might happen. And, yes. uh, and, and I think also going through elements of pain in childhood I guess we all do, but I think I'm pretty far from being, you know, your classic narcissist. I'm more like yeah. uh, overly sensitive. Um, yeah. and, and so I suppose uh, having Empath. empathy. Yeah. Yeah, having yeah. empathy for people. And, and I guess when I go in there, at, you know, on a set, um, the thing that I probably keep front of mind and I'd advise, you know, anybody that's a videographer out there or working with a crew is try to minimize the sense of uh, equipment. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's the tail that wags the dog a lot of the time. And it's very easy when you've got time pressure and a client is wanting you, you know, That's out right. of there yep. and thing to yep. kind of fuss with the lights and yeah. make sure that the white balance on the camera is fine and, yeah. and things. But you mustn't forget that the most important person there at that moment there are two most important people there, actually, yeah. and it's surprising who they are. One of them is the person that's going to be on camera, mm -hmm. and the other one is the person that doesn't get a vote, doesn't get a say, is not in the room. It's the viewer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think, oh, I love the way you said that. We could talk about that for mm. hours. I know from my, gosh, the last 18 years of my career in storytelling and in the creative side of the advertising industry, it is amazing to me how often, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about a media plan or we're talking about the creative execution of a story or an ad, how that most important person who is the viewer is completely left out. There have yeah. been times where I've sat around a table and gone, this is amazing, but who the fuck cares? <laughs> totally. Take your marketing hat off. Yeah. Who cares? Mm hmm uh, I would also argue take your internal comms hat off on yes. occasion. Yes. Um, we focus on uh, trying to empower as many people as possible within organizations yep. because people within organizations are just as powerful as the consumer. And if you leverage them right, which is a very sort of um, people, yeah, as, people as, yeah. you, as resources term, yeah. but, but, but if you do and you allow them to shine, then you get a huge amount of... Um, discretionary effort there and great ideas and things. Yeah. Um, but I would say that, you know, a, a lot of the time when we make an internal video, of course there are stakeholders there mm -hmm. and there's politics. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and what can happen, I mean, it, you know, not that long ago made a branding a branding uh, video for employee branding and, yeah. and, 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 and recruitment. 
and it went through about six different departments, I guess. And yeah. each one of those yeah. departments looked at it and said, you know what? That scene is 90% accurate, but it's just missing that 10% that I would like to really kind of say exactly what it is that my department's about. By the time all those, it was like death by a thousand cuts. By the time all those political considerations that mattered to nobody else beyond that department had been made, the video uh, lost its heart. It lost its moments where you saw an employee bubbling about client feedback on the screen and just overjoyed and high-fiving me behind the camera. That's exciting, yeah. And all, yeah. That, all that was there, well, that was after hours of, 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 of um, uh, massaging the feeling in the room, yeah. you know, and yeah. getting them into state and then yeah. capturing that one moment. And that one moment was what we built the video around because it said everything. That's right. Everything right. for a viewer. My That's God, right. I want to work in that place. I, right. I'm seeing visceral right. energy and emotion. It's proof. However, the messaging, so you said one or two things that weren't exactly right for one of the departments and it was cut and it was oh. replaced with information. And, you know, I get it on one level, but it, what it tells me is that there's still a fundamental misunderstanding around storytelling in organisations where they confuse information with inspiration with inspiration or or even emotional connection oh i feel you on this so so yeah. much um one of the mo- so i just left the warehouse group and mm-hmm. i had joined in with a new kind of squad around internal comms okay and one of the best things that the business did was it it said to everybody we want to hear your story mm. we want to empower you and we and it wasn't just marketing bullshit language it right. was we actually know everybody's basically got an iPhone or some kind of a smartphone in their hands, mm-hmm. put it right up in your grill, tell us what you're thinking and share it. Absolutely. We are not going to police your words. We're not going to police your videos. And one of the strongest videos that came out of the beginning of it, I'm going to shout you out, Becky, was a woman called Becky who was in the marketing department. And she was you know, driving to work. She just parked and she started to record herself talking about this journey she was on. And then she looks and she goes, oh, I got lipstick on my teeth. <laughs> and she literally went, oh, fuck it, and just went and kept going. She's like, this is real. And that video was mentioned by the CEO, by the chief yeah. people officer, by everybody, because yeah. it was real. Absolutely. And it was her. And we went, okay, if she has that point of view, then we're safe, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, if, if you find something interesting, chances are other people are going to find it interesting. And yeah. And the fact that, you know, in any one person looked at that moment with the teeth and had a laugh, that tells you that pretty much everybody else is going to that's right. engage in that as well. So, no, I think that's wonderful that the warehouse group's doing that. Um, yeah, we're, we're big fans of iPhone videos. In fact, we teach iPhone video workshops because we really believe that um, stories are important and you should, for me, for me, Internal communication actually has to start being thought of like external communication. And if you're going to do that, then you need an internal communication campaign. That's right. And just as there is a branding campaign that hangs on, you know, hangs on something like a a big, rich TV commercial, you can actually hang something on a really beautiful – and by beautiful, I don't mean high production values. What I mean is beautifully told – Yes. Beautiful human stories. Yeah. You you can you can launch something with that, but why not leverage the power of your people to uh, 
show some little success stories along the way that it's dovetail huge. with that. That is so huge. I mean, there's there's so much science and data and information out there that says when people feel, and I'm, we keep saying the word empowered, but it's true. When they yeah. feel empowered or at least in charge of their own destiny mm-hmm. a little bit, <laughs> the, you know, the business profit goes up, the engagement goes up, retention of employees goes up. And this it's just so, so important to allow people to have a voice that isn't perfect because even me I mean look at me I walk into a room in like quadruple denim and people may think I'm devil may care but I know the politics at play I've sat at the tables and there are nine times out of ten things that I don't say or that I hold back Mm. because I know somebody will look at me and in some kind of corporate speak go oh that's not what we wanted to tell everyone and I'm just like yeah but this is my story and this is how I feel and this is you know maybe I'm scared today or maybe I'm feeling uninspired. Mm. How do I let my colleagues know that so yes. that they can go, here's a thing we can do together. Let's collaborate. Let's get you inspired. See, I've never worked in the corporate world. I go yeah. in all the time as this kind of fly-by-nighter. <laughs> but It's probably a lucky thing sometimes. I, possibly, but it's, it's interesting to hear you talk uh, that way because, you know, for me, I'm never really quite sure exactly where the corporate world is because yeah. we're exposed to the Simon Sinex and the... Daniel Pingers and, yeah. and all of these guys yeah. that, that make sense, that talk humanity. Yeah. Um, and so I tend to think that it's been implemented and Mm-mm. that most people buy into it. But Mm-mm. I hear from people like yourself that, no, well, there's a long yeah. way to go. It's scary. It's yeah. a scary thing when you get inside of a big corporate because there is still the work person. Yeah. There would be the work Ruben, mm-hmm. and then there would be the outside the doors Ruben. Right. And that's so unsettling. When, okay. when leadership is either, um, you know, put on a pedestal to a point where people are like, I'm, af- I'm afraid to talk to the CEO, yeah. or they're unreachable and you feel like there's a difference. Absolutely. Which is in almost every corporate I've worked in, mm. ever. It's hard for people to feel like they matter or they know where they're going. Yeah. From my perspective, it's been the leaders who, Air New Zealand was a great example of this. Mm-hmm. There were a few members of the executive who not only were they good at sharing their stories through email and connecting with everybody, but they used to walk the floors. You knew on a certain day at a certain time, different executives would be walking around and they just wanted to talk to you and the power, and they just wanted to hear how your weekend was, to know how your kids are doing. And this was before we had all of the internal communications tools where we could create a video and share that. But how powerful would it be to go, hey, it's my Tuesday morning walk of the halls, Come up and see me, and you just have that whack it on an internal comms Absolutely. platform and go. Absolutely. I mean, um, it's interesting because we talk about top down, bottom up. And yes. if you get the two of those things right, then you just have this absolutely amazing synergy. That's right. Um, I, I kind of long for the day where I see some aspect of what the CEO is doing that is pretty much exactly mirrored by some aspect that the the person with the least power in the organization is doing it. And you can see it, and perhaps even you see them coming together. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's that's about aligning with the purpose of an organization. That's right. Primarily. That's right. Um, So you can look at the tasking, and the tasking's different, but what is the motivation behind the tasking? That's the big thing. And I think unless, unless the stories and the content that's put out has that as completely wide open and visible, Yeah. then it there's always something in the back of your brain going, what are they actually saying? Yep. 
I'll, I'll tell you what, though, to be sympathetic to CEOs, what I've found is that many of them are just petrified of mm -hmm. uh, being on camera, of, of telling their stories. And sometimes they're petrified, you know, if they're particularly evolved, they don't want to make it all about them. 100%. I think that's most of it, too. And I and potentially, and this is just my experience of it, mm. being in corporates, as I've done the, the, the climb, is that it's just that. The CEOs, once you go up and you speak to them, it, it's just a hi, hello, how's your kids, how's your mm -hmm. family? And people go, oh my gosh, you know them? And it's like, right. yes, I said hello. Yeah, It's one of those things. But most of the time they're going, I want other people to talk. Yes. I don't want it to just be me. I don't want to be a figurehead. Yeah. So please, you know, go talk to someone else. But then sometimes everybody else goes, oh, why aren't we seeing more of them? So, so, there's so a that's balance. about, well, that's about a value judgment and a philosophy. And yes. storytelling is not about that. that. That would be a through line and a theme. So storytelling just has certain characteristics that you can't, compromise on. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, made a video for a very large retailer and it was around um, rolling out their new purpose, their vision and values across the organization. Now there's a new CEO there now yeah. and that video that, w that we had done featured a range of different people going about their work but talking to those values and living them on camera. Nice. It also had the CEO going around and doing his part. Yeah. Now <clears throat> the new CEO will need to redo the video yeah. and take out that CEO because, of course, he's gone. Yep. But he doesn't want to appear in the video because he doesn't want it to all be about him. Mm -hmm. Now, here's, mm -hmm. here's the problem. Nobody working on the ground there tasked with loading up shelves and yep. sweeping the floors or whatever it might be can actually credibly talk with any authority about the helicopter view of the company. That's right. And so even though you want to democratise it, the, f the fact is there's a thing called reality and truth. Yes. And you can do a video without the CEO in it, but you need to somehow frame it very to carefully in that, that way. Yeah. So, so for me, the best videos are where a CEO can speak, like he, you know, own his job, yeah. talk about the, the, the high level things, talk yeah. about especially singing the praises of his people. Or hers. Or, or hers, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but... Everybody's there yeah. still to do a role. That's right. That's right. And and so, again, it's there are certain things that if you ignore them, there's an elephant in the room. Yeah. And the elephant in the room is what kills almost all corporate stories. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And that elephant is like a big elephant too, for the most part. It's yeah. bright pink. We can all <laughs> see it. It's got like the Dumbo ears and a little whirly gig hat. Like yeah. you know, you can you know what's missing if something's not being said. And if you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of consistent messaging. Right. Hugely. But if those consistent messages also include consistent elephants, it is really hard to say, here, take your medicine every day, when yes. really you want to you be, you know, having something a bit sweeter or something a bit more um, nutritious for lunch when they're going here, take something, and, and you're going, you need to just tell me. No, absolutely. Uh I think the right strategy for this, and I don't think that we tend to think of internal comms as strategically as we should, or at least with, sto with storytelling yes. you know, as, it, as its backbone, I think that the place for the elephant in the room is right at the outset. So you start with a bang. You yep. start with a really well-considered yep. video that says, listen, we're kind of in the shit here on this, yep. on this matter, 
and I'm going to own it. Yep. Some of you have to own it. This is the backstory to it. Yeah. The good news is we know what it is. We're going to forge ahead because yeah. you guys are amazing and we can do this. We can do it together. And, and here's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. And we won't get there overnight because it's a journey. But man, think about this vision imagine. that we could all yeah. go to. Just imagine, imagine, imagine where we can take this. Yeah. We're going to take our first steps now. Bang. End of negative water cooler conversation. That's right. Uh, people right. go, well, they were honest with us. The one doubt that I had, they've actually addressed yeah. and they've given us a vision. Then sweeten it. Show some yeah. little little victories along the way. That's right. What, what were the actions that have been taken? Yeah. Share those. Because I, I totally believe that. Um, I've been really lucky in my career with the businesses I've worked for mm -hmm. because I felt like each place had its own little heartbeat. And there was always something good and purposeful to drive it. Maybe that's these rose-colored glasses I just wear <laughs> consistently. But I, I've always felt like it, is so, it was so easy to go from, like, Mighty River Power to ANZ and ANZ to Air New Zealand and Air New Zealand like to NZB. And all of those places were so different yeah. and so nuanced. But there was always something driving and a story that pulled me into that place. Well, that's why you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely just wanted to understand the betterment of the people more than mm -hmm. just the bottom line. And each of those places had that kind of inbuilt into it. Absolutely. And it was easier to quiet the negative. Yes. When the positive was had a little happy tickle every once in a while. Absolutely. I mean, address the negatives, but, you know, it's like, it's like a manager's feedback to a staff member, right? You've got to have five positive moments of feedback for every negative positivity sandwich right yeah. <laughs> the tiny little meat in the middle yeah. is like the and here's what we should work on <laughs> yeah. yeah um <laughs> i yeah it, how do you move people how do you change an organization that's something that's just been fascinating for yeah. me and i guess that's something that you've been working on yeah um and it is all about first and foremost how do you move people emotionally but how right. do you not bullshit them because you, it can't just be a lot of bells and whistles that are emotionally pleasing and it's, it's also one of those things too we talked about like especially with internal communications and growing employee engagement mm. colleague engagement like, it's funny because most people talk about corporates and yeah. i know i've used those words willy-nilly even just while we've been speaking but i truly believe that corporates are humans like there's lots of humans that make up this this machine, this Well, business, it comes from the Latin term corpus, yeah, which is right. the, the interrelated parts of a body. That's right. All working together. And I think the more we can we can pull that apart and see that we are all a beating heart, of mm -hmm. this bigger beating heart, then it's easier to tell stories. Yes. But you and I talked about before we started recording how scary it is for people to tell their own stories. What are some of what are some yeah. of the things that you have seen that help people feel more comfortable telling their stories? Well, on the one hand, there are slightly manipulative things <laughs> coming I'm from real TV. I'm listening. I'm um, listening. Can I apply these at home? <laughs> I think it's a little bit like flirting. Um, you go in there, you make a little wisecrack about something, you, you, yeah. you, you see the dog, you say something, you... I don't know what it is, but you, what you don't do is go lights, camera, action. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you kind of ease people into things and you, you look around and, and then at a certain point, you know, you address the elephant in the room, which is what the hell are we going to do here today? Yeah. And yeah. you talk to them for a little bit. One of the things that I say is 
I'm just a documentary maker, essentially. I haven't written a script. This isn't my drama. That's right. This is your story. You're more the director than me. Yeah. You know way more about what you do, about your job, your hopes, your dreams, what yep. turns you on, all of that stuff yep. than I do. Yeah. And I have a limited time to be here as your faithful servant. That's right. To try to bring that out and do justice to it. Yeah. And so if you can be just brave enough to feel like you can take a risk and tell me things, let's go with it because I don't know what I don't know. That's right. So please tell me and I'll ask I'll ask active active listening questions, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then I say I'm going to watch this and I'm going to watch all of this material. Yeah. And I've got an editor in mind that has a heart in mind. Yeah. And, and, yep. and they're a human being. Yeah. And they're going to watch this and they're going to approach you with care and respect and they're going to take out the bits that don't do justice to your story and they're going to leave in the bits that do. And as much as possible, I assure them that I'm going to show them the final cut. Um, yeah. Now, that's anathema to you when you're in TV. Yeah. Because yeah. to allow people to cut out the rough edges and things in That's TV, right. you wouldn't be left with a TV show, unfortunately. That's right. That's right. But these are not stories that depend on uh, conflict and uh, and jeopardy so That's much. That's right. That's right. They're just about heart. Yeah. And 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 actually, one of the tricks in TV, it's very easy to tell a journey because you've got all those story points that great stories have, which is right. built around conflict and That's problems. Right. That's right. So the big trick in corporate videos, I'm, I'm segueing slightly here, but yeah. is, is how do you build storytelling elements into something that... Could potentially not have that many. Can potentially not have that many because, you know, you're going in and it's primarily about celebrating and That's it's right. primarily about, you know, these are good people that have agreed to be with you. Don't shit on them. That should be just a life lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, you know? um, yeah. And usually people, they go, ah, they go, oh, okay, I'm the director. All right, so it's up to me to tell. And I say, yeah, think of me as your kind of Aunt Ethel. That's going to guide that, you. That you love and you trust and you yeah. know. Yeah. But she's a bit doddery and she doesn't really understand everything yeah. that you do. So please help her to understand by not using jargon. So that's the way that you get people to remind, to remember the, the viewer the at viewer. the other end of the thing. Exactly. Somebody yeah. that's a lay person. Yeah. Talk in your own words, not in the lingo. Of your of your corporation. That's right. right. That's right. Um, and the other thing I do is I just shoot the crap out of things. Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much magic you can find in B-roll, right? Yeah, totally, totally, <laughs> absolutely. And in fact, every moment of B-roll that I shoot, I don't think of as B-roll. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. What I try to do is I, I never roll with the sound off. I never roll nice. thinking this is going to be wallpaper and just pictures because I'll be watching something and some funny little thing will happen and I'll say, bet you didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> and there'll be this magic moment that occurs. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so yeah. the 20 seconds before that, maybe the 20 seconds after it, I've got my B-roll, but I've also got content. A little bit of magic. Yeah. 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 What have you noticed recently? And this is more on the corporate side of um, content stuff. Mm. I know what I've noticed from internal at big corporates. What have you noticed from just the amount of content that corporates are after? Have you, do you uh, see the glut coming? Yes, I think it's, I think it's, uh, and I think it's, um, 
Nicole. I think it's good and bad. Yes. There, there's two sides to it. Um, you have to be really careful about producing not just egalitarian content, like, hey, you know, Martha, go shoot, you know, I don't know, uh, the tap running, yeah. and we'll put that out there because your view counts. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you actually still have a responsibility to create things that are pertinent and uh, worthwhile, don't waste people's time. So there was a large, a large corporate that um, for a long time, I don't know if they do anymore, they would put out posts on LinkedIn prefacing, you know, their latest intern that had joined the business and wasn't Joanna's video absolutely amazing capitalized? And I'd click on the video to see the amazing video and it basically would have panning shots of yeah. the cafeteria. Yeah. After watching three of those, it was like the boy who cried wolf. I'll never watch another Unfollow. one. Yeah. So don't do that to your people. It's all very well to have Yammer. Make but it if, important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it important. So I guess it's who's curating that is probably pretty important. And uh, I think you'd know more about that than me. For me, the biggest struggle is that everybody, because we have so many different channels now, mm-hmm. everybody feels like we need to fill all of the different channels. Right. Instead of going, where are people? And sometimes in some businesses, the most important channel you can use right now is still email. Yes. <laughs> so it's great that the whole business is on this internal communications tool. Mm-hmm. Potentially, the fact that we are driven by our meeting schedule and emails that pop up when we watch everybody, maybe that's where we should put our most pertinent information. Mm-hmm. And just testing and trialing it. The amount of content that goes out that is myopic and that is to what almost to what you talked about earlier, the 10% and the 10% and the 10%. It's everybody going... This is why it's so important that we have to use the Oxford comma. And I'm just like, just tell me about grammar and why it matters to me. Tell me about punctuation, but don't tell me I just have to think about an Oxford comma. You know, it's one of those things where, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. What is the, who is your audience Mm -hmm. and what are you trying to say? If you are just talking to hear your head rattle, stop. Absolutely. And this is the problem with building capacity but not caring about the, the the content, the quality, and the audience. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to handle that within a corporate, except to say something that Steve Jobs talked about, which is people with taste are rare. Mm-hmm. Those people that can create with taste, <coughs> other people can see it once it's done. Yes. So get someone smart in. Yeah. To oversee that stuff yes. and trust them. And storytelling and editorial, they're run by a person, not a committee. And when you when you when you turn them into a committee yeah. and give them the power over it and every stakeholder has a say, you end up with just mush. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree hundred percent. Yeah. I have had a very, very lucky career in that when I decided to go with social media and at Mm -hmm. the time everyone was like you'll never earn money it's flash (laughs) in the pan and everyone's like what do we do if it's off and I'm like remember you're the tenets of marketing (laughs) it's a different channel yes but because of social media and because it was so new and unfounded and I was just one of those nutsos who Mm -hmm. was like I'm gonna go do that because I think there's power in stories and in strangely enough connecting with people yes because of that I've been able to create 
and not by committee for many years. Yeah. I'd say there was a good decade where I would go, ANZ was great, um, Air New Zealand was great, Mercury was great, NZME was great. They've all been great so far because I've gone, I've got a vision. Mm-hmm. I know the business strategy. Mm-hmm. I know business objectives. Mm-hmm. I know the marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. I know marketing objectives and I know the layers above it mm-hmm. for media and spend and messaging out by different verticals of audiences. Yeah. Cool, all that nerdy shit aside, <laughs> what, what would make me feel really good if a brand put it out into the world? Mm. And I've been able to go, you know what? I think we need an activewear video. Okay. And people go, oh, an activewear video. And I'm like, yeah, I think we need that. Uh-huh. And with a really small team, we go, okay, let's go create that. Let's tell a story. The reason we need an activewear video is because we are going to be sponsoring a marathon. And this marathon is going to be run in activewear. Yeah. And here's how we <coughs> tie it into the business mm-hmm. and make it fun and have an emotional tug. And it has been so liberating for one person above me to go, yes. Right. Instead of going, we need merch and we need this person and we need that person. Yeah. And then it becomes just a really boring price and product ad. No, absolutely. And I think because people are scared of failing um, and also when their opinion is asked for, they feel uh, pressured to give one, yeah. even when it's maybe not necessary. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, sort of most mature comments, I think, uh, that could come from the head of a department that's been asked to vet a piece of storytelling might simply be, you know best. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a very magical team. Um, I'm going back to Air New Zealand again, but I had, well, there was five of us yeah. that did um, brand social media there. And I had a girl who has now become family. Well, all five of the girls have, but Claire. Mm. Claire was the videographer. She was my right hand, we would come up with creative ideas and Clary would shoot them and I'd be with her and it would just be the two of us and then she would do the magic. She would do the editing. She would understand the tempo. Mm -hmm. She's in New York now just caning it. Mocking, (laughs) caning it. Like she, you'll see Clary for president one day, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But the beauty of that relationship was simply in that. She Mm -hmm. would come to me with something and I'd go, that's really good. There's one thing I'd like you to do. And often it was just, Maybe flip the narrative, put the end to the beginning. Maybe do this. Yeah. And then she'd go, okay. And she'd go, here's, sign yep. it off. And I'd go, no, 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 no. You're better at that than me. Yep. I trust you, go. And the I trust you, go has always been the best stuff we've put out across my entire career. Absolutely. Um, in TV, it's not a corporate. And we're not taught how to manage. So what you do in TV is you get really, really good at something like directing or camera work or editing or whatever it might be or producing. And then you're given a promotion into a different role. And what you do is you micromanage the person below you because you don't know how to delegate. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and that was, you know, a bridge that I had to cross when I became a business owner, you know, with with editors. Yeah. Is that I, I wanted to be very prescriptive. Um, and what I found was that just in the end, it made everything worse. That's right. And uh, I think the key is, of course, uh, that you have to hire really talented people. And it's a cliche, but they, they have to be better at least at their job than you. 100%. If yeah. you're better at them than their job, <laughs> you hired the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. So um, now that's been quite wonderful because not only do you see you know people in your team blossoming, as it were, but um, you learn to trust yourself and then it frees you up to start thinking about bigger things that's right yeah that's right yeah. A delegation i feel is 
one of the hardest leadership tools to learn because it is that that kind of I don't want to fail. Yeah. And because this is from my department now or from my business, yeah. if it's not right of what I think is right, it could fail. Yes. Um, I had that feedback luckily very early on in my management okay. career from yeah. somebody who I trusted hugely. And um, his name's Aaron Ward. He's got, he owns a business called Ask Nicely. You yes. know Aaron? He was I know Aaron. Yeah, yeah, he's a great yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Aaron. He's got awesome. a lot to answer for, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost took that red pen away from him a thousand times and threw it. But um, <laughs> he really helped me hone my skills of delegation and going, here's your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Allow others to live in theirs. Yeah, wow. Um, That's a great. Which is pretty powerful, right? That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So yep. don't let that go to your head, Aaron. <laughs> I want to catch up with Aaron. Actually, I always want to want to get his advice. He's, he's in Portland. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, he's, he's an incredibly smart man. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I suppose one thing for me in making my product is yeah. I always think about that end user, but I don't yes. necessarily think about the the uh, the two way communication coming back and forth like a ping pong ball. And, yes. But that's something that you deal with. What are your thoughts? Oh, on I see what you've done. <laughs> You've just flipped this conversation. Uh, the two-way conversation and the beauty of the democratization of communication via social media is mm. literally what gets me up and humming every mm. day from okay. a professional standpoint. Creating video specifically for TV or the old school advertising. One I one. love it how advertising agencies are like, this isn't the hero video. This is just emotion image story arc and I'm like it's a fucking tv ad you're starting at a tv ad because you don't understand social media we'll get better at it but the the beauty of social media is it has forced me over the years to change the way i think about how i cut and produce videos okay and even when it comes to hero videos the way that i build in dependent on a channel mm-hmm always goes hand in hand with how humans are using it. So I like to say I'm not a digital native, yep. but I'm a local okay. to all the places in which I play. So same with I'm not a native New Zealander, yes. but I can walk in any coffee shop up in Ponsonby. I can go over to the shore, Remuera, and people are like, hey, girl and you can in the say, double yeah, nah. yeah, nah, mate. Hi. <laughs> right? So you're a local. People trust yeah. you. Yeah. You don't have to be a native to sure. be trusted. But you can build into your videos interactive qualities. Interesting. Right? So you can build in a question and answer. You can build in something that allows you to cut down and then put it into an Instagram story mm. and have a poll between it. Okay. So when I think about the creative iteration and ideation of even small campaigns and even internal comms campaigns, my brain goes wide and deep mm-hmm. because I'm like, there's so much amazing information and conversation. I really in my heart the conversation is what i'm after is what was what drives you yeah Yeah. well i mean you would know more about that than me and i'd love to learn a little bit from you about that uh my first priority is to tell a great independent story yeah and then we often look at how can we break this up into 30 second pieces to sort of supplement it but that whole kind of user experience you know in social media i mean that's really fascinating and there's a lot to it i mean you wouldn't create an Instagram stories story the same way you'd create um, a long form with cut downs. Right. You yeah, would, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. treat that the way, how does your friend use it? 
Yes. You'd have to, I mean, there's best practice, right? Get right up in your grill because it's very one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. It's very mm -hmm. intimate, that face-to-face. Mm -hmm. -face. How would you go, I'm going to tell this 15-second story arc, and then boom, there's a question and a poll, and then you go, yeah. whoa, <clears throat> and then you go into the, you know, like the, the VR, the AR, there's all of that, but it's it has to be seamless and feel like you're not being a cool corporate. Right. <laughs> Unless you're like a dad joke corporate, which is hilarious when they're like, I'm just all knees and elbows and awkward at a barbecue, but you still love that dad. That's fine too. But here's what I find interesting. Those those corporate messages and the ones that are done really well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, not that the police are a corporate, but I think they're social media teams. They're doing fantastic. a good job, yeah. Uh, and every now and then you'll see it in, say, competition between um, you know Burger King yeah. and McDonald's or yeah. something. How much of that is a team of people thinking around that stuff? And how much of it is one person that's just got wit and got got the knack for how to how to put something out there or have some repartee on social media that, that makes sense? I think it depends on the business and how they work with their agencies. Mm -hmm. So I think when you start to talk about businesses like McDonald's and Burger King, there'll be a, an amalgamation of those two ideas. So you'll have your agencies and your creatives and sometimes they get together and they create, but sometimes you've got you know your head scratchers that are like, ah, brilliant. Uh, you can see it recently, right, with all of the spicy burgers. So I think McDonald's might've been the first, maybe it was Burger King to put theirs out first and then they made this weird spicy face and then the other brand did the same thing and you're like, ah, I see what you're doing right. there. And then it followed into social media, but it still felt really corporate. Okay. Um, I work with a fellow, I worked with a fellow for many years and at the warehouse group called Troy Rafferty Forbes. And Troy was mm -hmm. on the podcast a few weeks ago. Mm. And Troy was one of like my cohorts of the grandparent age of social media who just loves to see what's happening from a cultural standpoint. And then as part of a big brand go, ooh, this would be real funny commentary. In fact, the chief marketing officer at the warehouse group, Jonathan Waker, is amazing at that. Okay. Some of the little... Uh, messages he'll send at night or used to send and he'd go oh my gosh look what this brand's doing how can we do that and I right. thought oh I've got I've got a soulmate here because mm -hmm. that's how my brain just thinks well there's so always a sort of zeitgeist out that's there right, right? and that's it's right. like how do you tap into that how do you tap into that at the right time yeah because yep. uh, when I do my keynotes I talk about this it's like it's cool to be a cool kid if you've been welcomed in again it's that local kind of thing yeah come on in try to do the floss right but most of the time you're like me i funny story my wife and i were on a ferry coming back from waiheke let's just say i'd had a little bit of wine before getting on the ferry uh -huh. and i was like i am cool all the kids are doing the floss i got up and i was trying to do this the flossing dance yeah. and these little french kids who spoke no English were like, none, <laughs> none, just yelling it from across the boat. And then they ran over and showed me how to do it. And I couldn't do it. And they just kept yelling, none. And I was like, I think that means no in French. So at that moment, you were the embodiment of a large corporate. That's right. Trying to floss when really I should have been waltzing, probably. <laughs> Good on you for trying. I mean, though. the two step, I can do that. Turn on some Garth Brooks. We're home. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. But it's mm. one of those things. When you're working with big brands, I'm very, very curious. Hmm. How do you get, who asks you in there? Is it somebody from the corporate comms team? Is it hmm. somebody from the content team? Like what is the, yeah. what are the, what are the little magical webs you've got out there? I, I think, I think this is one of the challenges that we found as a business hmm. is, you know, we know that we ought to come in at a very early level and work with what the business objectives are yeah. and the strategy and come in at that time 
and then go, right, this is how we're going to design your storytelling in your comms from woe to go, and yeah. we're going to measure it over the course of a year, and it's going to make a huge difference yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Um, what will sometimes happen is that uh, we may get the odd call in from a CEO. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they'll be, they'll have a you know a pretty big problem. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get put a little bit further down the food chain. Yeah. Uh, to to discuss it with someone, but if it's come from the CEO, then we have quite a bit more leverage a lot of the time. Strange how that works. The, the, the disappointing element, uh, if, it, if it doesn't come from a CEO or one of the major sort of mm-hmm. C-suite types, is that there's usually been no budget uh, allocated for good, high-quality, and again, it doesn't have to be high-production quality, but good, high-quality storytelling in the video space, yep. in, in, say, comms or, or HR or any yep. of those areas. So there's a part of me that says, well, you guys talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. Yeah. Um, what we try to do at times is there might be different departments that could do with this video. Yeah. And so we take a bit of money from each department perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The internal processes for each place would be different. Would as be different. Yeah. Um, but as far as like who commissions us, I mean, it can be really weird. It could be, it could be, um, I mean, we, we think we need to be known by 50 to a hundred people within each corporate head office Yeah. because at any given time, yeah, somebody's got some project that they've been tasked with making a success of and they need their people (laughs) to go along for the ride. That's right. And so this is an incredibly effective way of nipping negative water cooler conversations, creating enthusiasm. Getting people involved in the storytelling. It's amazing how once you feel involved in that process the negativity falls away. A- absolutely. Yeah. And and then you've got traction, then you've got discretionary effort, then you've got, you know, John from accounts is having a shower and he suddenly gets an idea for That's how right. something could work. That's right. You know, and it's also, I mean, I used to be an artist and, and one of the amazing things about the art school that I went to was this, this um, tutor that I had that had basically invented an entire grammar and vocabulary around different aspects of how you could read a painting. So within a few months, instead of us all making up our own sort of subjective terminology and trying to describe things as I'd done in previous art schools, we we could suddenly say, oh, that that moment there of atmospheric space, and we all knew what it meant. And Isn't that nice? It's like like having... The, the special language for your club. It's like having a community. It's like under... Oh, I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And then it means that instead of trying to understand what you meant at the most basic level in communication, you can go further and actually talk about the really important stuff. And that goes back to the purpose, right? That goes back to, like, the DNA of the business. The DNA of the business. I mean, it, there's a part of me that goes, well, we, we I would love to pivot a little bit in the direction of... I think we get so many insights going in with a camera mm. that we probably do a more effective job than an agency tasked with finding your purpose yeah. because we actually go in and ask these really penetrating questions and see the strange reality enough. of the situation. Yeah, strange enough hearing it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And, I mean, half the time it's caught on camera. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I, I understand and I sympathise. I used to be quite arrogant about why can't corporates come up with their purpose. I still can't come up with my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got something to do with celebrating the beautifully human in people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can understand why you'd struggle with you know ten thousand staff to come up with a unifying purpose. It's the business I've worked for, and I, we talked about this too earlier um, before we started recording. For me, has been Mercury Energy, and I mm -hmm. think I came in. Again, having Aaron there was a big part of that. Um, Mike Larmer and Tracy Smithers, all of these beautiful humans, smart humans together. Mm -hmm. But instead of going, here's your purpose, and this is how you apply it, for two years almost, Mercury was like, here's where we think we need to go as a group. Yeah. Let's find our backbone. Yep. Let's build it together. Yep. Let's understand what we think. And it, we came down, to, you know, when I just started, they'd come up with good energy. But it was it was never supposed to be forward facing or mm -hmm. external until we really believed it, and it became one of these things where when we were in office meet in offices, just walking past each other in the hallway, mm -hmm. when we were in meeting rooms, we knew what good energy meant. We mm. knew what the different aspects of that meant, and a lot of it just meant empathy, and kindness, and connection. Yep. And it started to just seep into our work. It started to seep into the way we treated our customers. It started to seep into the business language, the rewriting of the, the brand handbook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the time the business took it externally, it was so hard for people to, to say something bad about it yeah. because all of the staff were like, no, 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 no. That's actually how we live here. Absolutely. Um, you wouldn't believe the amount of times actually that this particular example comes up or is brought up, but people within organizations say to me, our people don't know how to describe or defend us when they're at a barbecue. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you can get all that stuff sorted internally so that they feel inside and out that they can hand on heart yeah. support the business. Um, That's magic. Yeah. That's your magic. Yep. Then you've done it. Yep. You can check the watch because it is time. Okay. I told you it would go really fast. <laughs> hey, it goes real It's been fast. great. It's been loads of fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're not me. off the hook yet. Oh. Last thing. Okay. Um, I like... I love to hear about people um, who have helped you or changed your life. So I would love it if you would shout out a kindness warrior in your life, somebody that's that you just embodies, you know, kindness and empathy and has helped yeah. you in your, your journey. When I was 19, I came down with clinical depression and I had to pull out of university. Uh, and there was a a shrink there that I'd been seeing to help with it and he could no longer see me because I wasn't enrolled in the university but he recommended that I go see someone and he said she's a, a little unconventional she's an elderly lady and she she'll talk to you whilst lying on her couch in her little one bedroom brick and tile unit and she wears a dressing gown and her name's Dawn yeah but she doesn't just take anyone so you'll have to call her for an interview <laughs> And I did, and she grilled me on the phone, and I went and saw her, and she did everything that those other professional guys didn't. Yeah. They would listen to me, uh, sympathize. Yeah. She just basically told me, believe in yourself, get your shit together, life is not a dress rehearsal. Obviously, and I'm in my dressing gown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And as it turned out, as life went on, I mean, she would, she'd charge $60 and see you for three hours if that's how long Shit. it took. And wow. she claimed to work with energy and things. But every wow. time I left that little tiny nondescript granny flat, I felt 
I felt cleansed and amazing and that the universe was brilliant and good. And along the way, I actually ran into some other people, very famous New Zealanders who had had seen her. Wow. And she died a little little while ago, but she... um, I think she changed a lot of people's lives and she'll never be famous and she never wrote a book and she never leveraged herself on LinkedIn or anything. But she helped other people. She was there. She was there. Um, So Dawn. Yeah. Dawn. Yeah. 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 Great. Thank you so much for being here. We've both washed our hands, so (laughs) we might hug. Uh, We'll see you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.